Yeah, what's gonna happen if this plan don't work, eh? The old man will boot us out of the house. We'll have no place to sleep. Yeah, I could live in this van, eh? I don't need Take no place. Take off. To you need money to live or you'll starve. Well, this plan sucks. I ain't going in. You are too. I'll tell the old man you gave away his beer money. Okay, okay. You boss me around. Morning, George. All right, oh, Betty. Give me 12 fresh Yukon gold. Please. 12 Yukon gold. Seven that horse ran like a bum yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Okay, take it easy. Well, Elsinore. T Twelve. Twenty-four. Oh, yeah, sorry. Twenty-four Elsinore beers. Twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four Elsinore. Fourteen seventy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. And more. And more. So, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Funtime Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies 1. We are Funtime Movies and the number one. I think you got a little lost there. I did. <laughs> I keep looking outside. I see the birds. Yeah, they're there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't care. Don't make me close that curtain. Don't close the curtain. <laughs> uh, subscribe and listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. What? Nothing. Why is that funny? It's just like, you, you look like you're struggling. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, including Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google everything. Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, everything. You can listen to us anywhere, anytime, any day of the week. Just Google us. Yeah, yeah, because you can. You can Google Happy Fun Time Movie Hour, and guess what you'll find? Happy us. Fun Time Movie Hour, and then the Happy Fun Time Drunk Drunken on Drugs yes. Comedy Hour. Yes. Pepper's huge. <laughs> A hawk just, like, ate some of it. All right. <laughs> All right, so... We're going to talk about this movie. Yes. It's called Strange Brew, but the full title is The Adventures of Bob and Doug McKenzie, Strange Brew. It's rated PG, 1983, and uh, one hour and 30 minutes on the nose. Was it? Yeah. Directed by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Starring Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas, Max von Sydow, Paul Dooley, Lynn Griffin, and Angus McGuinness. It is the most Canadian movie you probably will ever see. Absolutely. Like, this movie is Canada, in a nutshell. And, and I have this, I'm not saying this as an American saying this, I'm saying this as people from Toronto have said, there is no movie more Canadian than this movie. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how this movie got made. Okay. There was a TV show in the 70s and 80s, kind of like SNL. A lot of people came from there, uh, very famous comedians, namely John Candy, Eugene Levy. Rick Moranis, Rick Dave Moranis, Thomas. Dave Thomas, yeah. And, uh, and a host plethora of others. Oh, yeah. And at one point... Sometime in 1980, I think, they said, uh, the Canadian government said, hey, you, you need to put a little bit more CanCon in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, 
uh, and for those who don't know, CanCon means Canadian content because every every uh, show or every network I think has to have a percentage of Canadian content, and they're like, "You're short on CanCon," which is ridiculous. Which is very ridiculous. <laughs> it's a fake news show. Yes. Uh, talking about Canada, made by Canadians, shot in Canada. Written by Canadians. Written by Canadians. How Canadian can this possibly get? Yes. And and the show that we're talking about is called SCTV. Yes. Uh, Second City Television is yes. basically what it is. Um, uh, 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 Mike Myers went through uh, Second City. Mm-hmm. But I don't the think The show he, wasn't was on by the then, I don't think. Oh, no, it was. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember being a kid and occasionally being up late enough to catch it. Only when we lived in the north. You got to you got to look at Mike Myers' history. It's a little bit more deeper than uh he was on SNL and then he did movies. He was all over Canada Interesting. on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was a known name in Canada. He just ruined his career with yeah. the last couple of movies that we yeah. saw. Yeah, he did. Uh man, that Love Guru, I think it's on Netflix now. I tried watching it. Uh, 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 what was that? It was like if Austin Powers was even more racist. Oh, wow. Yeah. But we're not talking about... No, we're not talking about Mike Myers <laughs> We're not talking today. about Mike Myers. I'm just saying he was, he was you know, he worked for a second seat. Yes, okay. So they told Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, who were both writers and did bits on the show... Mm-hmm. That they need to come up with some some Canadian content that they could just tack on at the end of the show. And he's like, well, how Canadian can we possibly get? <laughs> he says, if you want, we can fry up some back bacon, put on some toques, drink some uh, Canadian beer, and just say A a lot. Mm. And they're like, yeah, that, that'll work. <laughs> and so Canada Corner or Canadian Corner came yeah. came out of that. They had this big map. And instead of saying Canada, it said the Great White North. Uh-huh. Dave Thomas would go, coo-coo-coo-coo-coo-coo-coo. You know, and, and then they talk about beer or how to how to cheat uh, companies how to get into free beer. Getting, you know, yeah. giving you free beer. <laughs> like, there's this whole mouse in the bottle gimmick that they do. They do it in the movie, but it's much better when you watch it from SCTV. So from there, they got kind of famous. Mm-hmm. As, it was really popular yeah. segment. And and it came out at left field. Like, they didn't know they were famous. They were on during when, like, sometimes the credits would be rolling right. and they're doing their bit. Mm-hmm. So they were just, like, an afterthought of the entire show. Mm-hmm. But from there, they got an album. Yes. And on there, you know, you'll have them more descriptively talking about the mouse in the bottle gig, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, how, how great twist off caps are on beer. Um, so basically it was an album of stuff that they'd already done on the show. A lot of it. And then some new content. Okay. And then they did the 12 beers of Christmas, you know, I forgot about that. And on the first day <laughs> of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. Yes. I think there should be more to that. eh? no, <laughs> no, it's just a beer. eh? um, <laughs> And that's how they talk through that the whole movie too. They're like, "Take hey, off, eh? Take off, eh? Hey, hoser, you know things like that." I didn't know anything about SCTV or this movie because I was twelve when this movie came out. It wasn't until later on in my more video rental lifestyle that I had, mm-hmm. and trust me, it was a lifestyle. 
Um, I would go to the video store and I would find a movie that I liked. And I really liked a movie called Little Shop of Horrors. Right. And Rick Moranis, this was like 1985 to like 89 was probably his biggest boom. Was that during the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid era? Yeah. And, so and he Ghostbusters. Did, he, did, he did the two Ghostbusters yes. movies. He did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He did My Blue Heaven. Oh, yeah. He did Little Shop of Horrors. He did Strange Brew all in like six, seven years. Yeah. So he was in everything. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, oh, let's find another Rick Moranis movie. He's funny. I, I feel like I grew up as Adam Goldberg without being Adam Goldberg. Because a lot of the stuff that he talks about on the Goldbergs, I was like, yeah, that was a thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you, except you got I didn't, into the nerd culture before it was popular. Yeah, I didn't film it and I didn't uh, use any of my talents to further <laughs> this. Yeah, so Until now. Yeah. <laughs> so they made this movie from that album. Okay. And this movie happens to be one of my favorite comedies of all time. I will I, say... I discovered this after I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mm-hmm. and Little Shop of Horrors. And I saw his face on this movie with another guy that I kind of remember from a Pizza Hut commercial. And I distinctly remember him from a Pizza Hut commercial because Bob and Doug McKenzie did Pizza Hut commercials in the 80s. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So so they did Pizza Hut commercials. They did Molson beer commercials. Uh-huh. And I didn't know who these friggin' people were. So there they were on, on, on this box, and I'm like, oh, oh. It all came together for yeah. you. Yeah. So I ran the movie, took it to the place I was living at the time, and uh, popped it in. And I watched probably what I would have considered at that point the weirdest movie I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, what What did you just make me watch? It, I made you watch magic. But... Uh, I think this was the third third or fourth time I've seen the movie. Yeah. And each time I see it, it grows on me a little bit more. Like this last time, I was like, I don't remember that. And it's because sometimes I don't pay attention to mm-hmm. the movie. It's just on. Yeah. And so I've really focused on it. And I was like, this movie is kind of brilliant, but there is a ton of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. There's They, they jam-pack every minute of this movie with some they kind of really bit or did. gimmick. So, um... We'll talk a little bit about Max von Sydow first. The The role was meant for him. Okay. And they didn't think they were going to get him. Um, I can understand so that. So they were like, his 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 people were called, and they're like, hey, uh, this Bob and Doug McKenzie, they have a role for Max von Sydow. Uh, would you like to do it? It's okay if you don't, you know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, yeah, he really wants to do this. Isn't that funny? Very. Now, Max von Sydow, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh-huh. I could mention the most recent stuff he's been in uh, is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yes. Um, he was in the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, he did a lot of Ingmar Bergman movies back in the, yeah. That's a hot. long, long time ago. <laughs> And 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 there was a summer that I would make my son watch a movie with me like every single day. I was uh-huh. like, "You're watching a movie. Come on, let's watch a movie." He'd go, "Oh man, I'm watching movies." And then he'd love it. And then we'd sit there and we'd watch a movie. And inexplicably, I think I picked out once a week or maybe twice a week. 
a movie with, that just suddenly has Max von Sydow in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys had the Summer of Sydow. Yeah, that's what it we call it. was kind of funny. <laughs> we call it the Summer of Sydow. Uh, but he's like a classically trained actor. And in this movie, he wears these dentures that make his, make his teeth look huge. And protruding. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did we hear that that was his choice? Yeah, that was his choice. I find it odd for him to be such a character actor that he was like, I need these teeth. Yeah. he. <laughs> I feel like he walked into this movie. He goes, I have three ideas. One, he has superhuman strength. Two, he may be an alien. Three, he's got whacked out teeth. Four, he's the villain. He played the villain in a lot of things, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas. Uh, Dave Thomas we all know from... He was Mr. F. Yes. Um, he was in Coneheads as, like, I think their king or something. He, he was one of their he guys. He was one of the guys. Um, Which... That movie's really underrated. I think it's hysterical. Yeah, it is. It's a funny movie. Um, but he's he's done like bits and pieces on almost everything. Oh yeah, he's, he's been everywhere. On a lot of You've TV, seen him. Does a lot of voiceover work. Um, his name's Dave Thomas, so people confused him with the uh, deceased owner of Wendy's. Yes. Because and and I think they were both Canadian. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't remember. I think. The Wendy's guy was from Ohio because wasn't the first Wendy's in Ohio. Yeah, it's in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, and I think that's because that's where he was from. Uh, maybe. Or maybe he just chose Columbus because it was closest to his house. I will say after living <laughs> in Ohio for so long, I feel like I could live in Canada and no one would know I wasn't Canadian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just saying. Paul Dooley, I, I remember him in a lot of stuff where he always played the wormy, wormy guy. Mm-hmm. He kind of looked like Bosley from Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah. And and I really dug him whenever I saw him in movies. But he wasn't always like the guy I had to go see. Mm-mm. He was just in the movie and you're like, oh, that guy's funny. Yeah, yeah. Lynn Griffin, you said she was in a bunch of horror movies. She looks like she's a horror film uh, chick. So she's like a scream queen of some sort? Possibly. She's got the whole woman in distress kind of thing going, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Angus McGinnis, he owns a chain of pizza restaurants in Scotland now. Is he the, the older gentleman? Or was he the... He's Rosie. He's Rosie, okay. He plays Rosie LaRoe or something like that. Yes. And uh, he also was in Star Wars. He was Red Leader. He looked familiar. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> and and his he's got an accent because he's French Canadian. But like at one point he like pulls the guy's shirt down to and he goes, "All I got's two fives. I know. And so he turned southern at that point. But anyway, <laughs> let's That's talk about the movie. We we saw the trailer first. What did you think of the trailer? I feel like the trailer gave away way more than it should have. It sure did. Um, <laughs> even if you don't know what the movie's about. You watch the trailer and you go, did I just see all the funny stuff? And why did that guy light up at the end? You know, that kind of yes. deal. So, yeah, it, it gave away a lot. It shouldn't have shown. Way too much. It should not have shown Max von Sydow at all. It should have just shown Bob and Doug doing goofy stuff. Because that's what people wanted to see anyway. They wanted to see Bob and Doug McKenzie. I, yes, Frying up but... back bacon, wearing toques and saying, hey. Sedow being in the trailer is for the people who may not have gone just because of Bob Th- that's and Doug. true. That's true. So you got to show him, but they didn't have to show him being evil. 
No. They could have just said with Max von Sydow or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, the, uh, the, the production company that made this movie was MGM. Mm-hmm. And so they show the famous MGM lion, right? Yeah, as we're getting started in the movie. And he's just sitting there. Yeah. Like, and then you hear Bob and Doug, they're like, hey, how do you turn this on, eh? <laughs> hey, are you... Hey, aren't you supposed to yell or something, eh? <laughs> and then and then Doug McKenzie is like cranking the tail of this real, real lion. lion. Yeah. And and you're thinking, did that did they feed that lion already? Oh, I'm sure. Is that lion tranked? Yeah, I'm sure that they'd already So that was probably some performing lion. Yeah. And then they go from there to their great white north set that they had on SCTV. An upgraded one. An upgraded one, yeah. They say, uh, so uh, let's see how it looks on TV. And they show a TV, and he's like, this is what we look on like on TV, guys. And then they show him back in the movie, and he goes, kuluku you know, the yeah. whole song. And they're like, no, 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 you got to do it bigger because this is a movie. And so he, like, mouths the... <laughs> and it's like this orchestra. And then they go into, like... How to wreck a movie? Like, hey, if this movie stinks, you know, we could uh, do these mods or something like that. Yes. And so um, you're really feeling like they're talking to you as the audience. Yes. And then you find out that they are because this is the movie. Yes. They're showing a movie they've in made, front of an audience. Yes, they've made their own movie. Yeah. And this movie is redonkulous. It's it's called, uh, oh, it was shot in 3B. 3B. Three beers. Three beers. Yeah, and uh, what did they call it? But anyway, it's supposed to be 2051, and it's like the mutants of 2051, yeah, I think yeah. is what it's called. Attack of the Mutants or yeah. some dumb thing like that. And like they, they show Rick Moranis in like this codpiece and like yeah. this dumb helmet and this pop gun. He looks like he's special. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> it was the year after World War Four or something like that. Yes. And, and he's like looking for food or something or fuel it doesn't make uh, sense. Yeah. He finds the Statue of Liberty. He goes, oh, Liberty, eh? It's, it's a, like... It's a toy. It's like... Two-foot toy yeah. that's broken in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he gets in his van yes. that flies. The van flies. The cardboard effects are just still... Yeah, they make a van out of cardboard, <laughs> and they hook it to string, and they're like... <laughs> and then to get it to land, they have it on the those uh, elevator things that... Uh -huh. uh, from, like, a garage. Yes. That, that lifts the cars and up. And he's like, oh, there's a mutant. Yeah, and he's like, oh, there's a mutant. And he's like, take off, hey. <laughs> and he's starting to shoot him with the pop gun. And then the then the film breaks. And they're like, oh, no. It break. Let's show you the rest of the film. Yes. They're like trying to like they, show it up to the screen. This is when we see that there's like a, a real audience yeah. watching this film. So, and then we see Bob and Dave in there too. So they kind of go back and forth a bit yeah. of heckling. And... And the guys from, I think it was Half in the Bag, I think that's their YouTube channel. They they're from Canada, and oh. they're like they're like that's a movie theater, that's a real live movie theater. We used to go to that movie theater. Oh, that's it's funny. now some pet store or something. And they're like, it was just weird seeing places that we've been and places that we currently frequent. Oh, that's fun. still in this movie. Yeah. And so they were talking about that, and that was kind of fun. Um, so Bob and Doug, they escape. Yeah. At the, the, well, first they let out the moths. Yes, they do. <laughs> giant jar of moths, like a five gallon. 
it's uh, just jar like, full like a pickle of jar malls. yeah uh and everybody's running out they look like everybody else yeah so they they escape they hide uh, they chase two other guys that are kind of look like Bob yes. and Doug. Then they get in their car, which is parked on a sidewalk. They got a ticket for that, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. But this <laughs> this is where the actual movie really starts. Yes. And then the song, Strange Brew Song, comes on, and they're talking about how, you know, they're both loaded and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they gave away all their money to this kid. Yes. And, uh... And so that was Dad's beer money. Uh huh. So that's a problem. Now this this song that's playing Strange Brew is composed and and done by Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas, which is Dave Thomas's younger brother. Okay. So this was really kind of a family affair yeah. kind of movie, it seems. Absolutely. Yeah. So they get chased away, and then um, they get home, and their mom and dad is sitting on the couch, backs to us, and they're both watching uh, Tom and Jerry cartoon. Which is really funny, Mm -hmm. because when the guy speaks, he sounds just like Yosemite Sam. Well, there's a good reason for that. And that is because it is the voice of Mel Blanc. Yes. Who you know is Bugs Bunny in Yosemite. (laughs) Yeah, he was was the iconic voice of all the Warner Brothers cartoons. Right. So, the story is that they contacted Mel Blanc to play the part, and he said he was only available for a day. But it would cost uh, $25,000. Wow. Yeah. So they came back to Bob and Doug and Rick and, and Rick and Dave. And they said, hey, uh, he's he'd do it for $25,000. Mm-hmm. And they're like, geez, that seems <laughs> like a lot, right? So I'm not even getting paid that much a day. <laughs> and, uh, and it turns out he was going to do it for $1,500 for a one-shot deal. Ah, where the 25000 came out, nobody knows. That's interesting. So maybe somebody was trying to be like, hey, he'll do it for twenty five. Here's your 2000 mil. You know? Well, that or they were like, he's not going to be interested in really doing this. Right. You know? And he was totally on board. He's like, yeah, they're funny. I'll do it. Okay. And Is, he only voiced like three things. I mean, it, yeah. it's, not, it's not like he was going to sit in a studio for six hours no. and pound out all this voiceover work. No. He says, he says, where's my beer? Oh, yeah. they got jobs. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You know, and, and turn off the light or shut the door. That's it. That's his whole entire line. Oh, yeah. Was was Mel Blanc Canadian? I don't know. I don't know either. Somebody should find that out. Please hold. No, he's Californian. Okay. We meet their dog, Hosehead. He yes. is a black mutt of a dog he... with a white stripe. He looks like a skunk. I thought they painted that on later. They did. He's a black and he's a black dog with a white white stripe because oh. he looks like a skunk. I didn't realize he had the stripe at the beginning. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Okay. So his name's Hosehead, and he's he loves beer, donuts, and and sausages. Mm-hmm. And he gets angry if he doesn't get yeah. anything. So Bob and Doug get in there and they they grab a beer, um, and they're those snub nose beers. Is that what they call them? Yeah, I call them that. I don't know. They're like they're like a regular beer bottle because. The ones that Bud Light make, are, they're called long necks. So I call this a snub neck. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. So he's like, save me one of those beers. <laughs> and and they just start chugging the beers. And they'd already given Hosehead a beer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no. So they, they, they trick Hosehead with a donut 
they take his beer Ugh. and they pour it into this uh, this bottle. Back into a bottle. And it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's like off-colored. There's dog food in it. Yeah, it's just nasty. Yeah, it's turning my stomach as yeah, I speak. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so Bob's like, D- Dave's like, you give dad the beer. And he's like, oh, you give dad the beer. And he's like, I'm all let go. One, two, three. And he lets go and the beer shatters all over the floor. Dave is like, dad, Bob broke your beer. They have to go to the store in the morning to get more beer. Yes, but he'd already given away the money. He goes, he goes, you got any money for us? He goes, I gave you money this morning. So maybe he had more lines than just those three that I said. Well, he, yes, he had brief moments, but he was only maybe three scenes. Yeah, definitely three scenes. So they got to go to this beer store and it's called the beer store. Yes. This is a weird store. Yes, it is. Um, Again, the half and the bad guys, and I'm probably not mentioning them right, but I've watched them, and I think they do a show called Half and the Bag, but they do these reviews. And they said that, like, there was no place called the beer store before 1985, and then after the movie was made, they made a store called the beer store. Yes, which was funny. Yeah, Half in the Bag is what they're called. Okay. Good. <laughs> and um, they're on YouTube. Yeah. So, they go to the beer store, and this is a very confusing store. You go in, and it's clean. There's a counter and, like, a a conveyor, like, roller conveyor. Yes. And people go up, and they'll say, Molson 12-pack, and he'll say into a microphone, Molson Mm 12-pack, and then he'll ring it up. He'll get the money, and then the Molson 12-pack will roll down the line from behind the wall. Yes. In this day and age, that's all fine and good. You know, when I have to go to the liquor store, I have to go through the drive-thru. I'm more of a guy that likes to browse. Mm-hmm. And you can't browse now. And I'm sure that's hurting their businesses as well. Oh, I'm sure. But I go, like when we, yesterday I was like, I don't know what I want. I know they don't have what I got. Mm-hmm. Or I get, so I got what I got. Mm-hmm. So they go up to the guy and like... It's, like the first time we went to Whole Hog Cafe, we walked in, we looked around, we're like, how do you, how do you, there's no place, what do you do? <laughs> and then right we just left. <laughs> we're like, well, that was a good experience, I guess. <laughs> when, when they go in, off to the side, there is a small board that yeah. says what they offer. It was only like five different beers. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably all Canadian beers, too. Probably. But they try the mouse in the bottle trick on there. Yes. They're like, yeah, we found this mouse in this bottle and blah, blah, blah. The mouse is still alive. Yeah. Which would not be a thing. Right. <laughs> and, and they're like, well, that's not something we have to deal with. You'll have to go to the brewery. So they're like, all right, we'll go to the brewery. They're this determined to get beer. Yes. Elsinore beer. Yes, it's Elsinore. A fake beer. Yes. So... Now we get one of the most interesting looking scenes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So back in the 80s, well, even up and through the 90s, oh, they, yeah. before CGI was a big thing, uh, they would have painters paint backdrops and then they would just superimpose them onto the screen. Mm-hmm. This one's a little too obvious. <laughs> These are matte paintings. Oh, yeah. They're big old matte paintings. Beautiful paintings. Yes. But it is so obvious. Which so there's like leads, a castle, yeah, the brewery, and then the uh, criminally insane, yeah, uh, uh, loony bin. Yeah, the the what I was gonna say though is that 
it lends to the charm of the film. Oh yeah, absolutely. That it's, that it's so fake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a castle, a brewery, and the Royal Canadian Institute for the Criminally Insane. And that's off to the right. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the brewery and the castle are off to the left. It's like a fork in the road. So they go that way. And they stop at one point and they read the signs. And they're like, they're like, I'm going to drop you off at the loony bin. Oh, take off. I want to go to the brewery. <laughs> the whole time they're squabbling, you know, and it's all improv. Yes. So you'll see at one point they're looking at them through the uh, monitors, like the security camera monitors. And they're watching them. And, and Doug just decks the crap out of Bob uh -huh. and knocks him into the wall. And he's like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> And, and I guess from what I've heard and what I read is that um, they were trying to make each other laugh and just ruin the take all the time. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Makes sense. They meet up with, Lin uh, what's her name? Pam. Pam. And she is stuck in, in the gates. Like, the gates have closed on her car and yes. she can't get out and she's freaking out. So they come up to her and they're like, hey, uh, we'll ram you from behind and... Yeah, because uh, uh, Doug was like, yeah, you can't get out. Those tires are insulated. You'll, you'll. And I was yeah. like, that's probably the most intelligent thing he'll say yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> he's done. He did a couple things that were pretty weird smart, but yes. not a lot. But he's like, D D Dave goes, you should drive. Uh, I, I got parking tickets, and uh, if she gets whiplash, she'll sue you. Yes. And he's like, oh. And he walks up. You're not going to sue. She's like, hurry up. <laughs> Okay, okay. And so they ram her from behind and they both go to the brewery. Uh, she gets there long before they do, I guess. Because she's already in a meeting when when the next scene happens. Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah. Well... There's some weird displacement at times. There's some very weird displacement. What's funny is... The uh, they're being watched on the CCTVs, yes. cameras, and everything. And uh, the the one warmy guy, Paul Dooley, Paul, Paul, Paul Dooley, the the brother of the, the deceased. Yeah, he's the uncle of Pam that we yeah. find out. He's like, oh, she brought lawyers with her, and I'm like, what kind of <laughs> lawyers look like that? Even in Canada, they don't they're look just like in that. Overcoats, wearing their uh, ski hats and like their toques, their toques, <laughs> and and they they just look like two schmoes. Yes. And they're like, oh, those those are lawyers. And then he's like, oh, hey, he brought lawyers with him because this is when we first see Max von Sydow. And he's, they're like, where is he? And he's like, he's in the thing. And so he goes over and knocks on the wall because there's this map of the globe mm -hmm. that lights up. He knocks on one part of it. The door opens and it's a toilet. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, uh, Pam brought lawyers. I didn't say they were lawyers. <laughs> like, like. Max von Sydow's assistant. Uh-huh. Ted. Ted, yeah. He's just this guy that works on the computers. I really don't understand his job other than playing the organ and uh, trying to hide everything Max von Sydow does in this movie. He's, he's the tech lackey. So he's like the Cohen. And the computers in this are like... They look like ancient technology now. Because it's 1985. Exactly. <laughs> so they're like the big apples that you used yeah. to see. I, clunky. I equated this as like a uh, modern, loosely retold version of Hamlet. Really? Yeah, dead father. Brother gets has to have revenge taken on him. Blah, uh. blah, blah. You know, I feel like it's Hamlet in a way. 
Hamlet-like. Ham- Hamlet-inspired. Yeah. So they go into the brewery, and they, they start talking to this woman. She's a secretary. And she won't... She's like... He's like, we're here to see that guy. And there's a painting of Mr. Elsinore behind her. And she goes, oh, he just he just died recently. And they're like... She's like, when was your... When was your uh, meeting oh, supposed to yeah. be? Yeah. And he goes, well, how long ago did he die? <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> they... They they ask questions, and she won't answer them. And so one of them pulls out a donut. Yeah. And, like, gives it to her, and she starts spilling her guts. And yeah. then she gets so far, they bribe and her then with they donuts. bribe her with another donut. So so they get some information, and then... Uh, but she she doesn't say, you can go anywhere into the brewery. But they they're next seen wandering around the brewery, and they run into Rosie LaRoque. And he's like, oh, I'll take you to them. You know, he's... Don't do the accent. It sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you to them. Uh, he's better, he sounded better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Bob's like, hey, you know who that is? That says Rosie the Roque. You know, that's... Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm pretty sure his first and last Jean, name... Jean LaRoque. Yeah. And I think it's like LaRose or something. LaRoque or LaRose? I think it's LaRose because that's why they called him Rosie. Yeah, I just say Bob and Doug meet meet Rosie. (laughs) So Rosie's going to take him. He goes, I bet you he's a cop. And and I'm going to tell him that you you are robbing the place and you're going to go to jail. That's the weird thing we, we see between the two brothers is that Doug is always blaming Bob and trying to get him arrested. In trouble, yeah. Yes. He like always... Bob broke your beer. You drive. <laughs> yeah. You know, those yeah. kind of things. Like, he's always scheming, but he's so stupid he doesn't know what he's scheming about. Uh-uh. Uh, so Bob and Doug meet the chairman, I guess. Yeah, they barge into this room. And they're like, we found this beer. And one of the guys was a cop and he puked, you know, <laughs> stuff they like that. They found the mouse, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're like, uh... This wouldn't have happened if we had men on the line. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so they get jobs where they have to just stare at beer bottles and make sure there's no mice in there. Yeah, Pam's like, well, we'll hire these two men. And then you find out there's no people working in the brewery. Nope. And I'm like... Except for Rosie. Rosie's well, wearing a hat. We find out more about Rosie later. Yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did hear on the way with Rosie taking him to the office that he had gone a little loony. Yeah. And so you're like, well, that's interesting that he's working here. Um, they, they drink some of the beer. We see the weird drugged beer plot play out a little bit. Yes. Where, um, they get people from the insane asylum to wear hockey gear that looks very white and black stormtroopery. Yes. And then they just get into fights. And they're using a piano as tunes. Yeah, like, to a, like an organ, control like synthesizer. Their, to control their behaviors. Yeah. And so the whole reason that Pam has come to the brewery is because she's turned 21 and she can inherit the brewery now. Yes. And her uncle and her mother are scheming against her. Yeah, because they got married. That was weird. Who gets married the day after their funeral? Well, it wasn't the day after, well, it was but soon. it was very soon. But I couldn't understand why the mother would have been against the daughter so much. 
because it's not her daughter. I don't know. That's dumb. I don't know. That's just dumb. In fact, it's weird that sometimes uh, Paul Dooley, who is the uncle, mm-hmm. he, he calls her his daughter. Well, that was after they'd gotten married, it's so, so he just weird. decided it I, was his daughter now. Hey, Uncle Dad. Exactly. Nobody asked you, Google. Um, okay. Bob and Doug, they take a whole bunch of beer home with them. Yes. Dad, we work at a brewery now. We got free beer. They work it. They have jobs. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Wake up the whole neighborhood. Wake up the whole neighborhood. What's the whole funny? neighborhood's going, well, shut the hell up, will you? It's funny because he tells his dad that they only got a couple cases and that van is packed. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, next day, they they decide that they can't risk being late to work, so they stay up all night and then they go to work too early so they're like passed out on the couch Mm -hmm. but they brought a bunch of donuts like a lot of donuts i don't think they realized that they were the only two workers probably not um so they were being very thoughtful to their new co-workers so pam so pam leads them to the uh cafeteria that has no power and bob is enamored with or enthralled with the fact that they got they got vending machines for sandwiches, smokes, chocolate milk, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they're, they're trying to get the power on. They get the power on, and it's like a slot machine. You just won the jackpot. All the sandwiches, smokes, and milks Everything, come out. Yeah. And he starts drinking a milk, and they're like, "Bob, this is four months expired." Next, <laughs> next scene is Bob laying on laying on his back, being having his hair stroked by Pam, and he goes, "Sorry, I ralphed." <laughs> Uh, while while that's happening, Doug is over there playing a game called Galactic Border Patrol. Yeah, that's just so Canadian, <laughs> so funny. And so he beat he he like gets his score on there, and he goes, "Hey Pam, I beat your score, or I almost beat your score." She's like, "I've never played that game before." Yeah, and, and this ha- is where it gets a little supernatural. Yeah, it has her the date of her birth on there. Yes, uh, as the high score. Yeah, twenty one ten fifty nine. So. October 21st, 1959, because they don't know how to write dates in uh, any other country but I, here. I don't like the way the Europeans yeah, it's write confusing. the date. And sometimes, I get it. Like at work, sometimes you have to do that. So Pam has a small interaction with Brewmeister Smith, wants to fire him. So Brewmeister Smith wants to come up with this scheme to get rid of Pam mm-hmm. and the foreman. I call him the foreman because he seems like the foreman. That's probably, he was probably the plant manager yeah no he's a foreman hmm. yeah isn't that the same thing no 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 tommy was a foreman did you was he the plant manager no no uh, and we also see another thing about smith is that he has super strength he lifts paul dooley up by the by the, the ear ear yeah like straight up <laughs> off of his feet um so there's something going on with him too uh-huh and we never find out he's kind of like he's kind of like an early version of a snoke uh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but we find out part of the plan is that they are using the insane asylum patients because there's a tunnel apparently between yeah. the two to the to the brewery for these psychological uh, uh, experiments that they're drugging the beer. Yeah, they're and drugging we, the beer so that they can control people. Yes, because they're testing it now, and then they're going to. Send out the cases of beer to the world. Yeah. And control everybody. And you know what it just reminded me of? Uh-uh. 
that uh, that movie with the with that cute guy. Hmm. Steve Buscemi. No, the one the one where Samuel L. Jackson is in it and he kills oh, all yeah, those yeah, people. Yeah. What's that movie called? Uh, Knightsman. No, Knights. Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah, the Kingsman. Co- yeah, Kingsman. This sounds like the plot of the Kingsman almost. A little bit. A- a- another point happened, and this is kind of like around the same time where the ear lifting thing happens, but lights come out of somewhere that hits a monitor inside the control room, and it shows the actual surveillance footage of Elsinore dying, um, where Brewmeister Smith chokes him to death. And, and then they set him on the, the electric then, yeah. fence. Then they put him on the electric fence. That's why she got stopped by the electric fence. Probably. Yep. Yeah. The ghost of Elsinore is all over this yes. movie. <laughs> and so we see all that stuff. Bob and Doug get involved in the crazy people uh, well, yeah, they, hockey thing. They're trying to get rid of Pam without killing Pam. Yeah. Uh, and so... They concoct this scheme to have Bob and Doug play hockey yes. with the loonies. Because that's all I call them is the loonies. And while that's happening, we find out that their clothes have been stolen. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is, is that Brewmeister Smith and the uncle are uh, dressed in the clothes. They trank Pam and the foreman. Stuff them in kegs. Stuff them in kegs, yeah. They also end up tranking Bob and Doug, put their clothes back on them, which must be a heck of a thing to do. Yeah, puts them (sighs) in their van. Yes. And then says, hey, uh, you guys fell asleep there for a second. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. What are we doing? Yes. No questions. No questions asked. Which means that they fall asleep in weird places. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, like, follow this map. Now, follow this map. Make sure you follow this map. They're, They're supposed to be taking the kegs. To a special location for Pam's birthday yeah. or a surprise party. Right. And and Rosie wants to come along, but he's not allowed. Yes. He's like, oh, man. But he's... A weird thing happens later where he's just there. Soon after. Yeah. So the, uh, we see that their brakes have been tampered with. And they yes. have two stops. Um, and of before, course... Before Bob and Doug got... Tranked though. Yes. They were in the control room messing around. Oh, yes. And they stole a disc. Well, they didn't steal it. It just popped out. So it's this floppy he t- disc. He technically did steal it. He stuffed it in his pants. Yeah. He knew it wasn't his. So that well, is theft. D- Dave, Dave does immoral <laughs> Doug. things. Yeah. Doug, yeah. So, yeah, that happened. They stop at home. Yeah. Well, they, oh, they only have two stops. Yes. And the first one. He's goofing around and he makes this hard stop. Yeah, and you're he like, just like you hits the for? brakes real hard. Like Bob is like stuck up in the windshield. He's like, oh, why'd you do that? I was just testing the brakes. It felt a little soft. <laughs> and then they go home and they're being followed by Smith and Uncle. Yeah. And they're like, where are they going? <laughs> so they go home. They got to feed they, uh, Hosehead. They got to feed Hosehead. And then they drink a couple beers hang out for a while they try and play that uh oh yes that, that disc like on a record. a record player they're like this is one of those square records i bet it's one of those uh european new wave bands oh take off so they put it on there <laughs> and they're like playing it and it's like and they're like, yeah. i think that would have ruined that i disc think it. i think i could get into this i think i could 
because back then, new wave bands they would come out and you'd be like, oh, that sounded so weird. Maybe I like it. <laughs> you know. So they throw the disc to the dog perfectly. Yes. Perfectly. Yeah. Um, and then leave. So Jose has the disc. Yes, and you're like, well, that was dumb. And, and it's not really a problem later on trying to no, get the disc. No. They just go in and get it. Eh, yeah. Um, so then they start back. They're going down this hill. Well, they're being chased by the police. Because, well, because they, they almost they, wrecked. Exactly. And so the police are chasing them. And, and Bob's like, hey, why aren't you uh, stopping? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, the brakes don't work. And and at one point, Doug says, says, oh, there's no point in steering now. And Bob's <laughs> like, you steer that car. <laughs> And then they have this spectacular wreck into uh, Lake Ontario. Yes. And one of the uh, one of the kegs falls out and and spins around on the concrete. Yes. The other one falls into the lake. The van though sinks straight to the bottom. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. It's just like blonk. And so Rosie, we had seen, was on his way. He dressed himself real nice. He had flowers yeah. for Pam. He's on a moped. Yes. He's in love with Pam. Exactly. And so. We, we During all this interaction, we had seen him traveling straight to his destination. So he sees the van flo- fall yeah. off, and he's kind of watching it. And then you see one of the kegs is open, and Pam has, is trying to swim up, you know. Yeah. So he jumps in and saves her. He, he gives her air. Yeah. And then he sinks like a hero. <laughs> and you're like... Well, Rosie just died. Yeah, Rosie's dead now. Fear Bob not. Bob and Doug are dead. <laughs> no. Credits roll. Nothing gets saved. Of course that's not what happened. No, come on. So We got another 60 minutes to this movie. So uh, Pam is sitting with the cops, and then Brewmeister Smith and Uncle are there. And they trank they her. They trank her, <laughs> and they're like, oh, she fainted. And I'm like, there should be dart or A something dart, in needle, her arm. Something. Come on, people. But uh, let's let's talk real quick about Don't F with Cats. So we watched this. How does this, that fit in here? It does. <laughs> we watched this docu series called Don't F with Cats. It's on Netflix, and it is not for the faint of heart. No, and they show the cop cars in Ontario. Oh yeah. And they're yellow. Yes, they are. And they're yellow in this movie. Mm-hmm. They look, they look like, like taxis. taxis. They. I when I first saw this movie, I was like, they got yellow cop cars. That's weird. <laughs> And I still, to this day, go, they got yellow cop cars. That's, that's weird. Anyway, I was just making a comparison there because that was a very Canadian documentary. This is a very Canadian oh, yes. movie. Then the divers go down. Yeah, because it's been 10 minutes. They've been waiting for them to surface. Yeah, divers go down. And they're surprised to see that they're just in there either drinking beer or using beer as air. They're, the bottles were empty, and so they were flipping them upside down so yeah. that the air would go in. And I was like... That might have worked originally, but yeah. not anymore. So they're just sitting there, and then they're the, passing them around too. Yeah. <laughs> then the then the diver knocks on the door, uh-huh. and this is a long scene too, and they're legit underwater. I don't know how they did this scene. Oh, really? Because these long takes are very long, and they're yeah. holding their breath. Yeah. In real time. Uh huh. So, uh, it, Rick Moranis, if you're listening, please call our station. We'd like to know. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, they're just under this water, and he knocks on the door, and he flashes his badge. He goes, oh, yeah, okay. So he pulls out (laughs) his license, (laughs) and he gives him the license, and then, you know, all the, uh, the papers and stuff. And so they're arrested. We see that the boss didn't die. The, the foreman? Oh, yeah, no. he Well, yeah, because the, the one that fell out, he's like, hello? Yeah. Or help or something, you know? And so they open that up, and they're like, oh, he's going to need an ambulance. <laughs> Not how they said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go to a intermission. Like a three-second intermission. Yeah, and the guys at Half in the Bag, one of the guys said he worked at that theater when the movie was going, or somebody worked there. And when they said intermission, people got up to go and get to the bathroom, get popcorn, stuff like that. Because that's what happened back then. They had real intermissions back then for movies that were over two hours long. Really? Yeah. Now we just Uh, sit there. The Godfather, remember when we talked about The Godfather, they were going to put an intermission Mm -hmm. right after uh, Michael kills um, Salazzo. Yeah. And then they didn't. And he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. They they instead did that George Lucas inspired uh, paper chase thing. The newspaper uh-huh. stuff. Intermission lasts about 20 seconds. Yeah. And then we're back in the movie. <laughs> it was hysterical. And that's where the divers found the boys. And so the boys are going to jail. The uncle is interrogated by the inspector. And he goes, I have a photographic memory. I remember everything. And you can tell he's reading from his hand. Mm-hmm. She's got paranoid schizophrenia, which is a blah, 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 blah. Wow, yeah. that seems like a textbook answer. Well, it is the textbook answer because I have a photographic memory. Well, he, the inspector goes, that sounds like something you just picked out of a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's exactly what the doctor told me. Yeah. <laughs> and so. And then, then he's they, like. Testing him as they're walking yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, hey, this is a neat sculpture. Who sculpted it? Oh, a sculptor did. <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh. And they're like, what's this called? He goes, oh, I don't remember. And he goes, I thought you had a photographic memory. And he goes, well, it comes and goes. <laughs> you know who does have a photographic memory? Mary Lou Henner. Oh, yeah. She's got that creepy-ass brain yeah. thing going on. Yeah. So... That's a thing. That's that's like a, a, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down Elsinore's ghost for no reason, I think. Oh. So, they're being arrested and everything. And then, when, when back in the, in the jail, lair. It's hilarious. Yeah. Though. Well, when, when there's a minor scene where they're back in the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the evil lair. Yeah. And the, the red light bounces around. Yeah, okay. So, that's probably Elsinore's why. ghost. Yeah. But when they're in the jail, it's hilarious because they're like, let's pick out the biggest guy and beat him up. And then they see the biggest guy and they're like, we got we got a plan B. <laughs> and so they start like telling him, I'm the brains of this. Bob here, he's the killer. He'll kill anything. If I tell him to kill it, he's going to die. All of the inmates are sitting in a semicircle on yeah, the floor around them. And uh, the biggest guy, he offers them something and he's like, oh, he's no, like, no. And then, smokes? Yeah. And he looks really sad and dejected. <laughs> he's like, smokes? No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> and and so they, they're like, they're like uh, we don't need lawyers because uh, Bob would kill the lawyer anyway. And then, then the cop shows up and goes, Bob and Doug McKenzie, your lawyer's here. And they, they just they just they grab bolt. it. Yeah, they yeah. get out of there. <laughs> All the inmates are mad. They're like, ah, you told us you'd kill them. Mm-hmm. Now, their lawyer is the lawyer of Smith. Yes. 
and he is a smarmy looking, Sonny Bono looking type of guy. I feel like I've seen him he in looks something so else. so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do our due diligence no. in looking at all of the actors afterwards. No. This is Happy Fun Time Movie <laughs> Hour, not Happy Fun Time Let's Do Research Hour. <laughs> so he, he takes them to the courthouse and all these reporters are there. He goes, oh, reporters, let me take care of this. And he goes out there and he kung fu fights all the reporters away. Yes. Except for one woman who knows kung fu. And then he just beats her up in the fakest looking fight oh, yeah. since Sonny beat up, uh, uh, what's his name? Polly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such a fake looking fight. It was. Pam is going to be lobotomized, apparently. Bob and Doug are in a padded cell. Yes. The uncle goes in to kill Rosie. Yes, because Rosie, Rosie's at the hospital, and so is uh, Henry. Yeah. The other dude's name is Henry. Okay, Henry. <laughs> Sorry, Henry. <laughs> I've been calling you the foreman. Yeah. So he's there with, like, this huge syringe with, like, this brown liquid in it. It's, and it's he's larger just, than what you think. Yeah, it's he, comically large. He's just getting ready to just inject Rosie and the guy behind him is starting to go into cardiac arrest. The mm-hmm. nurse comes in. She goes, oh, doctor, thank goodness you're here. And he's like standing there like, mm. uh-huh. and she's like, doctor, are you going to do something? So he takes his syringe full of stuff and just injects it into like the guy. half of it, yeah. And kills him. Yeah. And she goes, oh, he died. What was in that? And he goes, oh, it's just a syringe. And he just leaves. <laughs> I think he leaves the syringe with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, fingerprints? No, that, not in this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Logic land. Yeah. So Rosie wakes up and leaves. Yeah, Rosie. Ro- Very shortly. Rosie after wakes this. up. Um, also, also Henry. Gets Henry up wakes and leaves, up, but soon he's wrapped after. up like he's got his head wrapped. His arms are both broken. It looks like or wrapped. At They're least. wrapped. He's just like he's mobile, but he's like wrapped from like a mummy. Yeah. They should have used that. Like, oh, a mummy attacked us too, and yeah, nah. So. When Uncle leaves, he doesn't pay the, the toll booth guy. No. And uh, he, he gives, gives him, him his the stethoscope. stethoscope. He goes, take this as payment. That's got to be worth six bucks. He says, no, that's not how this works. Yes. And so he's like, I got your license. And, and then Rosie gets into a car. Yes. And that's when that's when he goes, he goes, uh, you pay me six dollars. And so he pulls his jacket down over his elbows and... And he goes, oh, I got two fives. Yes. And so I, it's implied that he beats that guy up. Well, we hear about it later that he did get hit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then later on, Henry steals the cop car. Yes, because he made a police report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Henry steals the, the police car to go back there. And it's like, this is getting out of control. Exactly. So Rosie gets to the Looney Asylum. Yes. He breaks out Bob and, and Doug. Yeah. And they know that across the hall is Pam, so they go and break Pam but out. Bob and Doug are in a room with, for electroshock treatment. Oh, yes. And they're shocking each other. Yes. Except uh, Bob hadn't gotten to get in a turn yet. So, like, they're they wrapping were... his head <laughs> with the stuff, and they're like, bite down on this so you don't bite your tongue off. Yeah. And he's like, why would I do that? Oh, it nah, nah, don't matter. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm going to turn this up to 90, see what this baby can do. I think it was 10. But it was on 10. Was it? Yeah. And so he's like, oh, this is beauty, you know? Yeah, Ted comes in Ted and comes he's in like, stop like, that. You can't play with this stuff. <laughs> and Rosie comes in and he's like, hey. And he's like, shh. Oh, I mean. 
And then Bob's like, hey, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) And so they knock out Ted. Yeah. Who gets knocked out like three times in this movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They they find Pam because she's right across the hall, even though Bob says down the hall. Maybe that's what across means in Canada. Backwards country. We love you, Canada. We know that you are the ones that listen to us the most. Pam comes out of her catatonia like boom. As soon as she sees Rosie's alive, she she's wasn't, up. She wasn't in. She wasn't. She wasn't speaking. She was. She was kind of catatonic. I don't think she was catatonic per se. I think she was drugged. Oh, I don't. Because they they were when they brought her into that room, they were supposed to give her a drug, and they're like, ah, she's gonna be lobotomized tomorrow anyway. So she'd been being drugged. Maybe I don't know. And so they decide to split up. Well, Bob, they 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 go. Through the tunnel yeah. to the brewery. Yes. And that's when they decide to split up. So they decide to split up. Bob and Pam go one way. Doug and Rosie go the other way. And we have hijinks a moment. soon. Yeah, they, Bob and Doug, who have never been apart their whole entire life, uh-huh. they're like, well, I guess, I guess I'll see you later, sir. And they shake hands uh-huh. or something. And so... Bob or Doug goes up with Rosie and he goes, Glad we got rid of those guys. Dead weight. Yeah. And, then they and he looks shoot, kinda sad though. They they go over to <laughs> Pam and Bob and she's like, You've never been alone your whole he's sobbing. And he's like, no, <laughs> we've always been together. And then Brewmaster Smith's at the top of these stairs yes. with his uh dark gun. And he just passes out. Yeah, I thought. Bob passes out. Yeah. And so she's like he's like, Where's the other one? And she's like, He he died and yeah. he's like, Good. Like what? I mean, he was crying just a second ago, so maybe he was dead. They they put Bob and Pam in a storage container uh, for beer, a beer storage container. Yes, it's it's, a it's a tank. It's a vat. Yeah, it holds six thousand gallons of beer. That's a lot of beer. It is a lot of beer. Doug and Rosie, they get the loonies. Yes. And they bring back the hockey team. Yes. And they attack Dooley. Yes. And so he's taken care of. And then they go to the control room. Yes. And Brewmeister Smith and Rosie have a fight. Brewmaster Smith is knocked into the lighted map of the world. And then the lights just shine through him. Mm-hmm. And he dies. Yes. So That's it. Elsinore has gotten his revenge on Smith. Yes. But the story is not over. No. Now they have to stop the beer from going to Oktoberfest. Yes. But so, they also have to save Bob and Pam. Well, yes. But I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's there. Uh, while this is all happening, the police are over at the Institute. Yes. And so the police are starting to catch up to what's really going on. Right. And in fact, I think they see the the video, right? Of stranglings and... I don't think that's happened yet because they have to get the disc. All right. But no, no, that's that's on the disc, but they do see it through the video game. The Insane Asylum catches fire. Yes. Because of electrical stuff. It's Elsinore. Yeah. He blows the top off of the loony bin. But the the vat that had been filling up with beer... With Pam with and, Pam and Bob, Bob in it. it. Rosie and them go to it. And they're like, back up, this is going to blow. He opens it up and it Nothing doesn't happens. blow. Nothing happens, yeah. 
So he opens it up and he goes, hello? And Pam comes out and she goes, I can't believe it. He drank all the beer. <laughs> and they look in there and, and Bob is standing at about 10 feet tall. Yes. And about as big around as that vat is. Except his head's really tiny. His, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I got to take a whiz. And so he it's burps so and funny. it knocks this knocks the panel out so they can get him. They get him out. The, the building's on fire. Doug has a great idea. Bob, I don't know how they got him over there. <laughs> Bob pees out the fire. In two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny. The firefighters are like, if you ever need a job, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you really want to pee um, on a house? There's a scene where the foreman and Pam see the ghost of Elsinore. Yes, because they went back to the, the arcade machine again. Yeah, and it's like Oktoberfest, something. Stop them. Yeah. Uh, nice effects, eh? Yes. <laughs> and so they're they're on their way there, and they're like, how are we going to get all these people to not drink this beer? And they're yeah. like, we got a plan, we but got we got to stop at home first. So they stop at home, they get the disc, because that is not even a thing right now. Well, that had already happened. The disc, that's how it had happened. The, the police had went to the McKenzie house, and the dog rolled down yeah weird stuff roof, happened i gave him the about disc that. rolled back up and i was like there's something weird with that dog <laughs> so they had gotten the disc already all right they had that's already how the they'd disc. gotten that so they stop at home they, they get, get their head. dog and tell him they show him a map they're like hey yeah faster if you turn left at the freeway eh? You know, but then they like go, that. there's there's free beer and sausages, and he's like, I'm on board, Yeah, basically. and he just takes off. He takes off running. And then you see him He fly. Then he takes off flying. And then he's got a cape, and I'm yeah, like, he grows a cape. what the F? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny, though. He grows a cape. He's just like, you can tell he's like a dog just laying on some kind of platform. Yes. Just, hey, <laughs> what's going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then at one point, the fan knocks the cape off, and he just looks at it, and he goes... <laughs> and and like we had said before, this dog has white stripes that make him look like a skunk. Yeah, so when they he are bursts, clearly painted on. Yeah, <laughs> Pain, uh, the the Oktoberfest is going on. The beer is free thanks to those fine folks at Elsinore Brewery. Yes, and so beer is flowing. Dog comes down through the the roof of the tent, rips through it, and everybody's like a skunk. And so the next scene is big skunk the cops, Bob and Doug and Pam and Rosie all show up and dog's just eating the, the sausages. What's funny is the cop that's standing out there, he's like, don't go in there. There's a skunk. And he goes, uh, it's a Toronto skunk. It's my jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so and so the basically the movie's over. They save the day. Um, Bob and Doug are they got jobs. Doing with Pam, they get to go back and work at the brewery yeah. for Pam and Rosie now because they're a couple. And I was like, this all happened in like a day. Yeah, it did. That's a quick relationship. <laughs> well, when you save someone's life. There is that. Um, what was that in Speed? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Relationships happen in intense moments. Yes. Something like that. Yes, that is true. Um, so what we get now is they're like, oh, we're employees. And... Dave, Dave uh, Doug is like, so since we're employees, we got to dispose of this beer. Yeah. You know, and they'd asked, will it hurt us because it's it's drugged? And they're right. like, oh, no, it'll go away. You know, and so I see light bulb. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so Dave's like, 
I don't know, a 10, or no, Bob's like, I don't know, a 10 speed. He's like, yeah. Dave's like smacks him and he says, <laughs> come here. He's like, no, you're going to beat me up. He's like, come here. No. <laughs> and he grabs him. Uh-huh. He's like, ah. And he's like, shut up. There's no way I'm going to wreck this truck. You know why? Because it's a beer truck. Yes. <laughs> Let's get in. And so they get in. They drive off. Credits. The end. And then uh, they talk through the credits. Yes. Bob and Dave do. Yeah. We're and back at the Great White North. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Canada Corner. Yeah. And yeah, they're talking about... You know what a grip does? Uh, the grip wears a bunch of tools, goes up in the rafters, and you don't see them till the end of the end of the shift, eh? And so, like things like that, and they're like, "Oh, I remember this guy." And they point to like a name. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is always a creative way to make people sit and watch the credits. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. I like how Marvel does it. You know, they'll sprinkle things in every now and then. Yeah. Little Easter eggs for the next film or a tease, and then. Uh, Burt Reynolds did it for some of his movies where he would show bloopers at oh, the yes. end of his movies. Oh, yes. I always loved that. They were fun. It was always fun. Bloopers are the, some of the best parts of the yeah. movie. <laughs> so that's the movie. We love this movie. It's one of our favorites. It grows on you. Yeah. It doesn't just grow on you. Well, no, it I stabs mean, you in the eyes. For like for me, for me personally, it did grow on me. I always enjoyed them, and I've always enjoyed the Canadian humor. The movie... Really is a little disjointed. Oh, yeah. And there there's are so some, much going on. There's plot holes everywhere. But you're not watching this movie because you want to watch art. No. This isn't a Wes Anderson movie. This is Bob and Doug McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're going to be watching. Yeah. It's a fun movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say about it. If you like this podcast, subscribe to us. We are all over the place, including Stitcher. Uh, podcast one. Podcast one. Pod Pod chaser. Pod chaser. Yeah, you name them off. I am tired of this crap. <laughs> Let's see. Pod chaser, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Did I say Stitcher? Yep. I feel like I'm repeating myself now. Um, and then there's, I, I've seen in our analytics some other podcasting uh players that i've never heard of and that's because they're foreign so anyway we're we're basically everywhere you can rate us through ratethispodcast.com slash movie yep rating us will help us especially on itunes yeah push us up yeah if you type in movie on on itunes you'll probably get doug love in the movies (laughs) well that's fun to listen to as well There's a or how lot. did this get made? I mean, yeah. there's a we are the dime a dozen yes. type of podcast, and I don't expect people to listen. I'm doing this because it's fun, right? It's it's a nice hobby to do, and there are some really good podcasts out there. It's like fun. You it's, it's relatively cheap. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we're all still staying inside, right? I'm not. I have to go to work every day. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And it shows. Look at this beautiful room. So. Spotless. Yep. So anyway, stay inside. Pop in a movie. Go watch a movie.